Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. It was an event 10 years in the making. Two Jeepers brought together by a single podcast. And it would create a lifelong obsession with beaver nuggets and bad cigars. The Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park brought to you by Nexon Tires returns for another trip. Not again. The Jeep Talk Show takes over Hidden Falls June 4th and 5th. Come meet your favorite Jeep Talk Show hosts. See the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and enjoy some amazing off-road terrain. Did we mention you can get some free stickers, too? Yeah, and I suppose you're going to say, you know, while you're in there. The second annual Jeep Talk Show Meet the Hosts event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park in Marble Falls, Texas, June 4th and 5th. Yeah, I'll be there. Brought to you by the Nexon Tires Rodian MTX Mud Terrain Tire. Yeah, I want to give me some of those. For more information, go to JeepTalkShow.com or follow the show on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's where you guys have been hiding. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in. Yourself. So I know I mentioned on, uh, I think it was uh, Friday's episode, I mentioned that my uh, my lovely wife of 30 years was going to be going into the hospital to have surgery uh, the, the day of the release, uh, the, the release day uh, of that episode. And because uh, we record on Thursday, so the, the next day we were going to go to the hospital and uh, we were hoping that uh, her appendicitis, uh, number one, it would be appendicitis because that's fairly, fairly easy to be uh, fixed. We were hoping it was appendicitis, and uh, we were also hoping that they would be able to do just a, a minor surgery, you know, where they poke a few holes, they, they jab a few uh, uh, tools, medical tools in there, and they pull out the uh, presto changeo, the appendix comes out. But unfortunately, they had to do a, a standard uh, incision, large incision. So instead of it being a um, uh, surgery, then uh, recovery, and then leave the same day, it wound up being a, a full weekend thing. We got to leave uh sunday afternoon and uh, she's been in a little bit more pain than what she normally would have been or you would normally be if you just had the little uh, small holes incisions that uh, we were hoping she would get but the bottom line is is that she's okay the appendix is out and it was a appendicitis uh and uh, so now it's just a, a matter of healing up so i've been spending uh, lots of uh, time between uh, uh taking care of her uh work and uh, doing the jeep talk show stuff the stuff that you see in social media and uh, some of the promos and stuff that you see. So that's what's going on there, and uh, I do appreciate all the well wishes and uh, prayers. So are you new to the roundtable? Perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and a password. Uh, By the way, the password is Jeep. Who, Who would have saw that coming? Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. 
To get the meeting invite information, subscribe to our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And uh, a little trick is you can also join our Discord server and ask the friendly people there. Many of the people that are on the Discord server are in the Zoom meeting every Tuesday night. All right, first off, a correction. Last episode, I said that Jerry Hubber from Off-Road Air Buddy would be our next interview, the one coming up here uh, on the, the following Monday. Uh, from this episode. Jerry Hupper will indeed be our interview for Monday's episode 593, but he is with Toledo Jeep Fest. Much different than Off-Road Air Buddy. <laughs> Off-Road Air Buddy Sam Heron will be uh, on the following week, episode 596. Sorry about that, Jerry. It was funny, whenever uh, I saw, I was looking at the show notes uh, for Friday's episode, and it, it, it said uh, we were talking about, I mean, it had in there where I was going to say, uh, Jerry Hubbard from uh, uh, Off-Road Air Buddy. I went, that doesn't sound right. Jerry was with the Toledo Jeep Fest. And I went and checked it. And it's a little hard to check, you know, while you're doing the show. But I went and checked it. And sure enough, there on the calendar, it had uh, uh, Off-Road Air Buddy uh, for that, uh, for, for Jerry's uh, scheduled release. So I just went ahead and said it. Uh, went against what I thought was uh, uh, what I knew better. <laughs> uh, I should have just said stop. But, you know, it, it's a little difficult, too, because I knew there was things going on with uh, having to have the surgery done. So it was a, there wasn't a lot of time to do a lot of double checking. So, Jerry, uh, I'll just uh, I'll plead ignorance and uh, uh, just my dumbassness. New chapter in the Jeep Talk Show saga is about to begin. We introduce regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. So if you were listening to our uh, last Friday episode, we announced that our first repeating giveaway is going to be from Midland USA, MidlandUSA.com. Midland Radio is the largest and most trusted radio brand in North America. As pioneers in CB, weather radio, and GMRS technology, Midland Radio has been constantly moving the industry forward since 1959. 1959. Good Lord. In 2020, uh, Midland became the official communication sponsor of Jeep Jamboree and brought forth GMRS technology as the new standard in communications for off-roading and overlanding enthusiasts. Midland Radio can be found at their website, MidlandUSA.com, or on various social media platforms with the handle at MidlandUSA. So we announced that we are going to be through, through um, uh, Midland's agreement with us, and they're going to be doing repeated giveaways. Now, it n- doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be the same thing every time, so you got to keep listening to find out what the next giveaway will be. But anyway, for this giveaway, and the one we'll actually uh, be announcing uh, on this Friday's episode about how you can win, uh, is the MXT275, V is in Victor, P is in Paul, the number four. It's a $250 value, It's and it's not just a radio. The Midland MXT275 VP4 bundles a high-powered antenna system in addition to the already long range of the MXT275 that boasts triple the range of handy, handheld walkie-talkies. The 3 dB gain antenna doubles the radio's power output while the cable Antenna and roll bar mount allow the operator to secure the antenna to ATVs, UTVs, or other off-road vehicles. 
The added microphone extension cable allows the freedom of placement during installation. The MXT275 also features a powerful USB charging port, allowing the quickest charge time for all your devices, including cell phones and handheld radios. I mean, this is a full 15-watt radio, eight repeater channels. It has 15 high-power channels, uh, GMRS channels 1 through 7 and 15 through 22, fully integrated mic control, speaker mic jack, 142 privacy codes, NOAA weather radio, USB-C fast charging, and channel scan capabilities. Now, what it didn't say on here, and I went and looked up because I know we've talked about GMRS before and uh, some of the features that you want to look for, are, are these separate privacy tones for transmit and receive. There are some GMRS repeaters out there that have uh, that use two different uh, security tones or privacy tones, and this one will allow you to set a different uh, transmit and receive uh, tone for those repeaters. Uh, and uh, but th- the downside is it, this is FM narrow only. Some of the Midland radios you can have a, a wide and narrow. This one's narrow only. Only if you're talking to other Midland radios, you'll be fine. And actually, it still works with other with wideband GMRS radios. But the audio is a little. Uh, the transmit audio seems a little down on it. But you can still use it uh, when talking to uh, wideband uh, uh, radios. So, with that said, we now join the meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that you're about to what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed, as well as me reading this. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinions of the Jeep Talk Show. All right, you guys, you know the deal. Please say your name and location the first time you speak on the roundtable tonight. Good evening, Zoom people. Are knights of the Zoom roundtable? Good evening. How you doing? How's it going? Oh, pretty, pretty oh. good. Does everybody have a name? Did that count as the first time? <laughs> <laughs> no. Everybody has a name and a location. Don't forget to use it. Uh, and, you know, we only do that so our listeners will have some idea who's talking. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of nice to be able to associate names with uh, uh, oh. with locations. And by the way, I don't think I said my name. I'm Tony, and I'm in Southeast Texas. All right, so let's start. What do you guys think? Uh, are, are you excited about the giveaway? And does everybody understand, uh, after being beat in the head with it several times, that this is going to be one of several giveaways that Midland's going to be doing with us? Ruined my Friday. Steve from Chicago, you ruined my Friday mornings because all I'm going to be doing is sitting there checking for my <laughs> download. Open, open, open. Yeah. <laughs> Bad enough I'm, un- I'm unproductive at work on Saturday, on Friday afternoons. You just ruined Friday mornings, too. <laughs> <laughs> but does, does everybody know how to get uh, the episode as quickly as possible? With the app. This is Chip from Illinois with the app, right? The app is really good. Uh, you can also, uh, yeah, I think the app is better. It seems uh, YouTube is also a good way. Uh, it gets out there on the YouTube uh, fairly quickly. The app is, is quicker. Uh, but Apple, uh, uh, it takes a little while for it to go on there. It kind of varies. Google. Yeah. Uh, but, I think uh, Nick from Piqua, I mean, Ohio, uh, I, I Heart Radio is probably the last one. It seems like it takes a couple of hours before that gets it. Really? Versus when the app, yeah. Does anybody oh, listen on Spotify? Crickets. Didn't even know it was on Spotify. <laughs> yep, it's on Spotify. Um, uh, Joe Rogan tried to keep us off, but damn it, we got on there anyway. <laughs> this is Tony from Michigan. I uh, I honestly listen on Pandora. Um, it takes forever for the episodes to get on there, though. It's pretty annoying. You know about the app, right? Uh, no, I do not, actually. Yep. 
We got the app for, and you may not be the only one. There may be others out there that don't know, but we have a, a free app for iPhone or Android, uh, and that includes uh, you know anything that runs that. So tablets, uh, hell, if you got a, a PC that you're running Android on, it would run on that as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, the app runs on uh, uh, the iPhone or iOS and uh, Android. So. Uh, that is absolutely the fastest way to get it because you're getting it straight from where we publish it uh, at Lipson. So it's almost right. it's almost uh, there as quick as we upload it to, to Lipson. It seems like, Tony, you post it in Discord before it goes to the app even. So if you're a member of Discord, then you get it first. Yeah, uh, you can't uh, you can't count on that though because I don't always post the link up there. I mean, uh, usually what, what I do is I publish it. Uh, that gives me a link uh, for it on Libsyn, and then I'll uh, take that link and post it in Discord. But yeah, that is a good way, and uh, that's I don't think it's any kind of cheating, but because uh, we're not going to be saying uh, caller number one, or generally we don't. And uh, I think everybody knows too. Uh, I've had a couple of people ask how how can I enter. Uh, and uh, we're going to do it the same way we've been doing giveaways here for a while, which is basically uh, tell you uh, what caller number you need to be on our voicemail line. And uh, there'll be some sort of phrase that you've got to say exactly uh, to, to be the winner. And I will caution you guys, because I know several of you have complained that, you know, you, you just don't try because you heard the, the show that with the information on it some three days after it was put out there. And there are times when we haven't got a winner yet. But I, this is the caution I'm going to give you. I think that as the word gets out and we get more people coming in here and trying to get these wonderful giveaways, because Midland's not the only one. Uh, I mean, you want to win a set of tires? And I'm not talking about some, some uh, cheesy ice cream tires. I'm talking about off-road Nexon tires, uh, a whole set. Uh, <laughs> that's going to happen here, too. Uh, great manufacturers like JKS Manufacturing. Um, and, uh, there's many, many more. We, we actually talked about it the uh, last episode, so you can always go back and listen and we'll be talking about that again, but we have lots of sponsors, uh, that are going to be doing reoccurring giveaways and, uh, we're just starting with Midland. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the, um, we, I suspect that as the word gets out, we're going to be increasing the caller number count because, you know, the third caller or the fourth caller or the the 10th caller or the 21st caller is just going to happen so quickly, especially as people start get geared up for uh, listening to the, uh, the episode just as soon as humanly possible. Who's uh, coming up with the phrase since normally it was whoever you were interviewing. It is going to be the sponsor. Uh, they're going to come up with a phrase and uh, we're going to come up with uh, the caller number. So uh, they won't be there to pick the caller number, but they'll, they'll know what uh, they'd like to ha- have uh, the caller say. All right. Awesome. Yep. All right. So, uh, and uh, um, Steve, I know that you were concerned about the uh, the MXT five seventy five, and I may have some information on that that I can't share yet. <laughs> then why talk about it? <laughs> Did anybody else get that? That uh-huh. I yes. may. I just got it. I just got it. There you go. <laughs> yes. I may yeah. have some information that I'll be able to talk about sometime very soon. Awesome. <laughs> and it may Tony, can you, it may be the next can, giveaway from Midland. Just saying. Oh, can you elaborate? <laughs> now can my friend is really ruined. It may <laughs> not. <laughs> what was can it, you Chuck? elaborate on that? Uh, elaborate on the high band, high band, low band, or whatever, narrow and wide frequency. 
I don't I'm not a, I'm a radio newbie so <laughs> oh my god this this is Chris from Detroit. I've, I've heard I've heard of uh, people having issues programming a, a valve bang in previous episodes <laughs> yeah, so I, I acknowledge I acknowledge I'm not great it, with the radio I can, it, I can I can I know how to push the button and talk but that's it do you know you gotta let go of the button chip <laughs> well my wife and i had that problem one time we had an open mic as we went down a hill and it entertained everyone <laughs> oh that's always fun so uh the the narrow band as opposed to wide band is just the the um in fm the frequency changes as you talk and that and that's that's how it differs from am am is just amplitude modulation so you can get noise in there from static crashes or anything that's electrical that makes that makes noise fm it changes the frequency slightly of the transmission and then the fm receiver takes that and and goes back into making it a sound that you can hear so a lot of the background oh i'm sorry a lot of the electrical noise that you get in am you don't get in fm now, how far it varies, whether it is a, it, the frequency is vary, varying a very uh, small amount, that would be narrow band, and a wide band would mean it varies more of the frequency. And the wide band takes up more room on the, the channel, so to speak, or the frequency than the narrow band. And I don't think I'm explaining this exactly right. But anyway, the wide band, it, it's just like um, if you're talking, if anybody knows about uh, sideband, uh, single sideband on CB. You can hear the single sideband signal while you're on AMCB, but you can't really understand it. So think of think of the wide band and narrow band kind of being like that. Uh, it just you just don't get the full signal. So maybe if you're narrow band listening to a wide band, it's going outside of your listening range a little bit, and it may hurt you on how loud the audio is when it's coming into you. So, it sounds a lot like the Imperial Droid from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> the sideband does, yeah. So, yes. so you'll still be able to make, uh, be able to talk to uh, GMRS radios that are operating wideband. The but the audio that uh, they hear, uh, they they may think your microphone is a little soft, a little light. It doesn't have as much modulation. You know, throwing all these technical words at you, I apologize. So, uh, it's it's a very small thing but if you can get something that you can uh set wide and narrow band uh fm it's it's really better because it's just like uh well it's just like having a an atlas transfer case being a little bit the the rear and engaged or the front engaged or vice versa it's more controls will let you to do more things of course it allows you to screw more things up too all right, so anyway, that's what we got there. And uh, let's do a little thing here uh, that we like to do where we uh, ask a series of questions, uh, kind of like we used to do on Campfire Side Chat, which really this is just an extension of the Campfire Side Chat that we call a roundtable. So I've already mentioned uh, about re- uh, mentioning your name and location first time you speak. If you haven't done that, do that uh, on the first time. Uh, let me ask you then, this is one that uh, John uh, L. sent into us some time ago, and we just never got to it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we ever got to this one. Does weather stop you from a planned wheeling adventure? You're from Chicago. Yes, absolutely. Um, a few places up here, the water hits the, the soil, and it just turns to slick mud. If you try to go down a hill, you're going to end up going out sideways, slamming into trees. It's just not worth it. John from Central Texas, and when I put that question, I was really thinking about obvious. The obvious answer is that there's like a thunderstorm or something dangerous. Like technically, right now, I'm under a tornado watch until eleven o'clock tonight. Um, but there's not even a cloud in the sky. But 
if there's something like serious weather, I mean, that I think that's a given. But, you know, a little bit of rain. I know some of you actually like that cold stuff. Um, so you'll go out when it's cold. Like kind of what's your what's your watermark? For me, I don't mind a little bit of rain. We've, we've been out there. I think the first time we went to Hidden Falls with Andrew and Tony and Jimmy and all that, we actually had it rain on us then. And um, still had a great time out there. I mean, in fact, it kept the dust down. So it was actually kind of nice. Oh, yeah, that was nice. So, um, but I think for me, it's it's the severity level. But a little rain is a, isn't going to stop me. Unless I'm topless, then I might take a break. This is a CB Jeep out in uh, Colorado. So we get a little bit of everything up here. Uh, so we're going to get, you know, anything from snowstorms to sleet, to hail, to wind, to rain, to just about anything you can imagine. So yeah, weather plays a pretty big part on, uh, what we do. Um, if we're heading out to Moab, if it's, if we see light rain or something like that, I, that that's, doesn't bother us. But if you see heavy rains, those washes can get really dangerous. So we just kind of avoid it. It also depends on what we're doing. If we're doing a, like a full weekend and there's rain in there, we might change plans, but maybe not cancel them, maybe just alter them from camping to something indoors. But again, back to uh, John's point, it's, yeah, I would uh, definitely watch the weather because like today, uh, went over a couple of the passes up here in Colorado left home and it was perfectly beautiful not a cloud in the sky but we were expecting weather i got to the passes and we had about a foot of snow it was solid ice every police and emergency service out you could imagine various tractor trailers everywhere uh cars off the road it was a mess so yeah weather definitely plays a factor in uh in what we do for sure quick question cb what what weather service do you use like while you're going up those passes and everything to, to get that heads up, is it something you tune your GMRS radio to, or is it just the NOAA radio? What do you use to stay on top of the weather out there? Um, I use a little bit of uh, both. I use mostly the local weather service because they really are hyper-vigilant about this area, so they really watch it. Uh, NOAA is one of the better ones I like to because they stay on top of it as well. Uh, but a lot of the apps that you can download, either iPhone or, or uh, Google Play, Seem to be pretty on top of it, but uh, I always like to check way in advance to to look at it. But we get advisories. I mean, especially this time of year in spring, the weather's so unstable here. We get advisories almost on the hour. It's it's crazy. I know my uh, my radio I installed. Um, it has a quick button push that'll pull up the NOAA thing, so you can just kind of listen to it really quick. So just didn't know how accurate that was up there. It actually is pretty accurate. I do the same thing. I've got a GMRS that I that I've programmed for the NOAA. Uh, same kind of deal like you're talking about. Just push button, and it'll go straight to that channel. Uh, this time of year, especially in the winter as well, I, I kind of keep that, that ready for sure. So th- this is Chip from Illinois. You know, it's kind of, to me, I look at wheeling kind of like kind of like going fishing in the ocean, right? I mean, if or even in the Great Lakes. If you've got six-foot swells and you've got a 19-foot boat, you may not go out in in those in those waves because it's life threatening. And I think when I choose to go wheeling, if it's if it's going to have a blizzard and be sub zero temperatures, and I really want to go, 
if I'm with some hardcore friends that are, and we're all geared up correctly, and I know that I've got help if I need it, maybe, but why risk my life on, 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 and how much fun is it really going to be other than bragging rights, I suppose. So, and then you go to a course, like Steve, you were saying that when you know that if you get a four inch rain, that it's going to be so muddy that you're going to spend all your time winching. Maybe I reschedule it for a few weeks later, or maybe we try to pick the parts of the course that are, are less muddy. I remember going back my first time going off road about eight years ago. I just bought a little CJ stocks, CJ five, went over to check things out and it was snowing that day, but it was just flurries. But I called the outdoor park just to see if they were, uh, if they were still open and they laughed at me. So then I kind of got humbled and said, Oh, well shit, I guess they're open <laughs> 365 days a year. So really just using good judgment and, and based on your experience and your equipment and probably not wheeling alone. Yeah. I think not wheeling alone is a real good idea. Does uh, this isn't part of the question, but does anybody uh, change their plans if they're there and weather gets bad? Do you do you actually leave or do you tough it out? I mean, I could see how toughing it out might actually be the better choice, uh, depending on uh, what's going on. I'm already there. Uh, might as well just stay there. I mean, unless it's you know 30 minute drive down the road back to the house, but I don't see the point of driving hours to get somewhere and then oh no, the weather turned bad. Let me turn around and go home. Well, there's always good conversation to be had. I think. Yeah, to that uh, uh, as well. I think. Um, like if it's a destination that you've been going to and the weather changes, more likely you're going to stick it out or find, you know, find a hotel or something to kind of wait it out. Hopefully, you know, it'll pass and then just, just keep going. But if it's, if it's an hour away from home, yeah, it's why, why bother? Why risk it? Uh, Cause you're, you could have a lot of stuff go wrong and it's just not worth it at that point. This time on Arizona, <clears throat> we get, uh, Triple digits plus, and uh, sometimes we choose not to go out during the day, and we'll do a night run instead, keep the rich from overeating, keep people from overeating. But the biggest thing we have is the monsoons when the rains come in. There's been many times we've been out and about, no rain in the morning, and the next thing you know, one hits in the afternoon, and sit and wait it out while it's running down the washes for two or three hours for the water to get down low enough so we can get back out. But we definitely watch the sky and get to the high the high points to stay out of the water. Yeah, you, you really have to watch the weather there, don't you? Yeah. You guys get those haboobs down there a lot? And those things come through? More so yeah. around Phoenix. I haven't seen one in person. I've only seen video of them, but it's most more around Phoenix. I'm in southern Arizona. So we don't get we get a lot of wind, but we don't get uh, I haven't had a haboob yet. This is Andrew from West Texas and we get haboobs all the time. Okay, what this is this, is, what is, this is Chris from Detroit again. What what's a haboob? Thank you. <laughs> it, it's an entire. It's like Sorry. it's like the dust bowl from the twenties. It's just a big wall of dust. You can't see anything. Uh, dust gets everywhere. It's not a like pleasant sandstorm. Yeah, it's basically yeah, like a sandstorm. I am a uh, lifelong yeah. Texan, and I've never heard of that. That sounds uh, a lot. It's a West Texas pleasant. thing. Yeah, yeah. So don't feel bad. I mean, no, I don't have. I have no doubt. Southeast right. Texas is more wet than it is dry. So that's why. That, that, Next thing, next thing, these two guys are going to want to take a snipe hunting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we call it we call it beaver Let nugget. Anywhere, we call bro. it beaver nugget nugget hunting now because people will go on those. <laughs> All I heard was boob, and I thought we were talking about topless day. Oh, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> and that's coming up. That's what she said. <laughs> <I like. laughs> 
<laughs> she said that too. So uh, let's see what else have we got. We got anything more we want to talk about weather? I mean, uh, I, I always I was kind of thinking of it like: Are you a baseball player where you know everything has to be nice and dry before the game can uh, uh, proceed or continue, uh, or are you a football player where you go out there and you you uh, battle through the uh, uh, the the war zone no matter what the weather's like? So battle through. Actual NFL game. You know how much time they actually play physically playing an NFL game is. Like fifteen minutes the entire game. Wouldn't it be cool if they actually didn't have timeouts and stuff, and they had this that fifteen minutes to play? All those well, would be cool as if we didn't give a shit about professional sports in general. I haven't since the Oilers pissed me. Oilers and Astros pissed me off uh, some thirty years ago. <laughs> I say, that's, uh, that's back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys got to start watching hockey. Hockey yes. is where it's at. I no thought, frills. I, everybody hits everybody, and it's full throttle for. And it like doesn't stop. Hour. I was a little interested in hockey when they started uh, had the uh, the skid marks for the the hockey pucks <laughs> on television. You could actually keep up with where the hockey puck was. Oh, the blue! Oh God, the glowing puck, the little stripe. Yeah. Because it would you yeah. would show you that like a it was like ma- the mouse trails, it, but it was for hockey pucks. So, <laughs> so when you're talking about the the weather out there, one of the other things that I thought about was I don't know if anybody's seen that video or watched Bleeping Jeep at all. Um, but they had a YouTube video where they were out on Black Bear Pass, and it started out like beautiful during the day when we go sunny, clear skies, and they started down the steps, I think it was, into where the switchbacks were, and like all hell broke loose, like monsoon rain. It was bad. Rocks coming. If you haven't watched, it's a pretty incredible video. Um, there were like new waterfalls suddenly coming out of nowhere, rocks rolling down the hill in front of them. Even a landslide took out part of the trail. They had to wait for excavators to come in. Yeah, I saw that one. And so that was, that was, I think that I just watched that video when I sent that question to Tony was because it was like, in, that, in their case, you can't, it's a one-way trail at that point. You can't turn around. So the, the battle is on, right? But they just, that was one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. Well, um, I'll just say he's a big YouTuber and, and he, he may have had some staff come in there and set all that stuff up. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> I, well, think he's he's never been a I mean, it's still entertaining, no matter what. But I'm just saying, it, it may have been, uh, you, it may have been for the YouTube uh, shoot. You never can tell. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, What do you have for changing a flat tire? And this is this would be generally on a lifted vehicle, but it could be on anything. Do you use a high lift, a bottle jack, or the included jack that came with your vehicle? I use, I use the jack. A, uh, credit card or my insurance <laughs> or do you uh, call totally AAA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i use the uh i use the scissor jack with my jk i, I do have a like you could call a lift i have the uh, two inch spacer lift from aeb and i picked up their uh jack base mount for the uh factory jack and i've had to use it a couple times it works quite well if anything it makes the jack a lot more stable when you're not on on the pavement i know with- larry from uh, St. Louis area, so I typically carry a bottle jack. I just bought a high lift, but I prefer <laughs> the bottle. You got the yeah. extra high lift, yeah. Larry. <laughs> yeah. I think that was just the wrong high lift. <laughs> the answer is uh, huge. Is that where you say that's what she said? So <laughs> I, pa- I paused. I was. I didn't know if it was coming or not. Right. I was, oh yeah. That's what she said again. Right. <laughs> she said. And then, uh, no, but I like that. The bottle jack is nice. You can use it so many other places as well. 
Yeah. And, and really, you just want to get it up underneath the diff uh, to, to lift things up. So you that's the lowest part of the Jeep, uh, generally. And uh, a bottle jack, a nice bottle jack, can uh, come in quite handy. I was, uh, you know, when you think off road, you think high lift, and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of good uses for the high lift that that aren't just lifting up your vehicle, uh, but uh, sometimes a, a bottle jack is uh, makes it really really handy. And a the jack that came with your uh, your off road vehicle may not be may not extend far enough. I, I think Jeep has done a better job with that uh, in recent years to make sure that they. Uh, uh, they have it where it extends far enough for uh, lifted vehicles as well. Well, they sell for the Jeep for the scissor lifts. They sell a plastic molded piece, and it's stupid money. It's like sixty dollars for this basic piece of plastic. So you can just make your own out of two two by sixes. Get the high lift, you can go buy a jack has obtained mythical status. Yes, uh, yes. everybody's got to have one mounted on their bumper or on their hood even though their Jeep may not even have a place to use the damn thing. It's it's just a really heavy piece of flair, essentially, for the maj- vast majority of people. A extra tall scissor jack that you can get from a junkyard or even from Harbor Freight will do the vast majority of what you need to do. The best place for my high-lift jack for the past, I don't know, eight, nine years has been the rafters of my garage and the only time it comes down is to pull t-posts out of the ground around my house well actually that's what a, the, the that type of lift is i, I mean uh, that yep. type of jack is isn't it? it's a farm uh, a farm jack it was originally yeah. a handyman jack on a farm dad had one in the i grew, grew up with one we use it on the farm all the time i i don't know that i, I would argue I, I i use a high lift jack and that's all i'm carrying right now but Larry, I'm with you. I want to get a bottle jack for some other usages, and I think it might be easier and maybe safer. But I've watched them do some trail recovery with a high lift using good judgment. But where somebody either went over a rock, there was a, I think it was a YJ, flipped their shackle over, and they had some real issues. And we had to pick it up and then push the shackle back in. And we wouldn't have been able to do it if we didn't have a high lift. So there's a place for it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that bolt them on their bumper, and it's more for saying hey i've got a high lift and 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 looking cool i guess but i look at it as a tool that i want to have on the trail with me but i do want to get a bottle jack i think a, a bumper jack from a 1978 ford ltd would do just just the same <laughs> about five, the same thing yeah, five, five dollars at the salvage yard if you can find it yeah, yeah. So this is, oh this is tony from uh michigan i actually i carry a high lift jack i've actually got a 54 inch high lift jack um i primarily carry that for self-recovery since i don't have a winch right now my main jack that i use i've got like a two-ton really small jack that slides right under the jeep when i need it and slides right under the folded down back seat of the xj when i don't it's perfect i've used it for just about anything yeah this is cv jeep i i carry the 48 inch um i didn't go with a high lift i found another manufacturer but uh there's several of them out there but i like the fact that uh the bumpers i got are the smitty built xrc2s and they've got enclosed loops on the front and back where that high lift will actually go inside that loop and it's actually safer than about any other jacking uh situation i've ever had it plus you get that that you're talking about that molded base 
I got the molded base for the high lift that'll give on any kind of terrain and kind of mold to it, which is super safe as well. And I carry that with me at the same time. And not only as a jack, but you can use it as a come along if you got to pull yourself out of something. Uh, like if you don't have a winch, you could use it as a come along and get yourself out of a situation. So it's got multiple purposes. But again, I think, you know, back to the original point, I think 99% of the people that have a high lift just is it's for show. That's all it is. I've actually used mine several times, but uh, I agree. A lot of people just have it for show. You can say that about anything. What's wrong? You don't want to wear your yeah. 27 pieces of flair? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can really say that about anything that you put on a Jeep, though, right? I mean, don't ever take it off road after people put my tires on there don't take it off road i mean i i like having the high lift for kind of a peace of mind it's kind of a you know i've got it i've, I've got this i've got the new uh the, the new sliders i finally just put on they've actually got the the locking thing where you can put the little high lift in there and then i got that plastic big mount too that you put the, the base in or whatever to try to try to make it make it safe um i'm not a fan of using them so if I'm in the shop, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to use my, my floor jack because it's so much nicer. Um, but in, in addition to just the jacks, uh, I carry a half-inch battery-powered impact for the lug nuts. That's my other uh, my, my other one. I, I do have a, a socket. I don't bring my torque wrench for the trail, obviously. Um, that can do that when I get back to the house. But a half-inch impact makes life a lot easier when you need to get those lug nuts off. Oh yeah, no. Or I think a lot of other tasks, not just lug nuts. Thing. I mean, oh, yeah. it's smart using tools. I mean, how many people have uh, hammers out there that you haven't used in a long time? But you, but you couldn't imagine being living at your house without a hammer because you may need one. And that's kind of what we're talking about here on the high lift. And, and to John's point, uh, if you're just having it for show, you might be walking around the neighborhood or your house with a tool belt on. Uh, donning that uh that that hammer <laughs> so i guess it could i guess it could be like that you're like i'm a handyman damn it uh the but the difference uh, is the hammer actually is useful <laughs> well i think in the high lift situations i i think the high lift is and, very useful then the hammer won't kill you as easy it's just a tool it's just a tool that you can use and and some people can't hit the the nail tw- uh the same thing same time twice uh, but other people smash can. the heck out of your thumb with the hammer. Though. It's, it's great for flattening the thumbs. Yeah, but, but if I I smash myself in the thumb with a hammer, I don't you know knock myself out and kill myself in the process. I, so, I think a lot of people would be well served if they're going to carry a high lift, carry a length of chain or a good like fourteen hundred pound ratchet strap. So that way, if you're lifting, if you're using that lift to do like a tire change. You ratchet strap or chain the axle to the frame, and then you don't have to lift the, the Jeep nearly as high to do any kind of axle work. Oh, yeah. I would never work under a high lift either. Oh, um, no, no. Really, no. The, the, no. Biggest, the biggest thing you can really only use a high lift for it is picking your Jeep up and setting it down onto something so you can actually work so, on so it. Let me ask you guys this. I, saw, I was watching a Matt's Offer Recovery video today, actually, where they're fixing a bent tie rod. And they lifted, the, it was a truck, it wasn't a Jeep, but they lifted it up and he took the, the uh, tire off and he threw it under the axle till he got the spare, which I thought, I'd never thought of that, but that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, anytime you take tire off, you get, it goes under it. Absolutely. Especially oh, yeah, when that's a high lift that can fucking topple over at any fucking second. Well, and that and was the thing, can- I was using, sorry, but I was using my high lift on flat gravel, gravel 
the day after Chuck and I, or Chip and I went off-roading and the Jeep started just moving a little bit. I was like, holy crap, I got to chalk the front tires. And I was on flat gravel. You chalk the shit out of everything. Yeah. 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 And you I can throw, say, and Steve, using, using something to hold the, hold the axle <laughs> to the frame is super useful because then you don't have to lift that thing nearly as high with the high lift. If you yeah. ratchet strap the axle to the frame or chain the axle to the frame, you've saved yourself a lot of travel. Yeah, because this was the first time I ever used the high lift. I mean, I always had it just when I off-road, and first time I ever actually used it to change the tire, and I was just amazed at how much the Jeep moved oh, yeah. versus using well, another well, Don't forget, the, the high lift uh, uh, tilting and doing those type things is part of its charm because you actually can use that uh, that ability to move your Jeep off of something or jack it up over something that it can't get over and then uh, let it lean forward to get a little uh, to get it past that point. So well, maybe, you got to be really careful that. doing that, but you can that that instability can be used to your advantage. They're really well, tricky on level ground, though. I swear, just oh, the lightest breeze will blow it over. Well, it's a farm you, tool. That should tell you, you enough. Know. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you go out the Highlands website though. They actually show you when you, the change tire like that. They actually make the hooks that go on the jack that you actually pick it up from the tire. Yes, and actually show you putting a block under it, so they're not showing you to lift the whole thing up, you know, and totally expand all the suspension. They're showing you to pick it up by the tire, block it, then let it down, and then take tire off. The so most most sales? people, well, that's what they're you know. If you want to go with what they're they're teaching you to do, right? I carry a block of wood in my Jeep, but that's that's primarily for my bottle jack. But four by four by four there. Oh, what you uh, could essentially do with a scissor jack. Six by six? Two and a half scissor jack. Yeah, my scissor yeah. Scissor jack dangerous. Yeah, those well, are they, all they all are. Well, they all are. It's like tools. It's, Hammers can be, can be dangerous as well. Uh, I mean, a, a double-bladed axe is, is very dangerous. But, you know, if you learn how to use it right, you can uh, make quick work of things. So uh, let's move on from this controversial subject of how, uh, how evil high-lift jacks are, which... I personally love them. I mean, uh, I don't think I would have been able to get my um, uh, my uh, not revolving shockles. Oh, the, uh, the 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 leaf springs. The thing that went on the leaf springs are going to drop them down. I had to lift my XJ up really high uh, to get that uh, that uh, leaf spring uh, down far enough where I could actually put the little uh, thing in there. And I can't remember what it's called now, but anyway, it has a nice angle to it. Let's the uh, gives me a little more height on the XJ. Uh, anyway, uh, so let me ask you this. Now, this is not a angry grill, angry grill uh, beat up event. <laughs> so, how how important is having the seven slot grill on the front of your Jeep? You know, would you change it for something else? Absolutely. Oh, no. never. It doesn't matter. Never. Absolutely not. What did the original Jeep do? Change it. Uh, three and a half. It was really strange. <laughs> Nine slots. The only reason we have seven is because of a, a patent dispute with Ford. They didn't want to deal with Ford, so now we have seven. Well, we could change it to, to nine. Uh, I mean, it, it, the original grill that came on the, the that model of your Jeep, would you change it to something else? I mean, I've seen the ones where there is no slots. It's just a square or a rectangle, rather. And uh, there's the angry grill. There's uh, there's many things that uh, are coming up with. I saw one that looked like Rough. the front of a train. So with <laughs> with uh, you know these little spiky things sticking out the side and a whole different type of uh, headlight setup. And uh, to me, 
the 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 seven slots at least in modern day times from you know 30 years ago forward the seven slots is what the jeep is i mean that is the iconic nose of the jeep you see that you know what it is it's either that or a humvee you know what it's their jeep they want to drive around like looking like that so be it oh no no i I agree with you we're not trying to beat up anybody else we're just asking each of you how important is the seven slot grill well it's iconic i mean that's that's what jeep is it's like it's an iconic feature like you're saying tony i mean it's like ford with the blue oval i mean you wouldn't know it was a Ford if you took the blue oval off a ford you'd be like well i understand i can see the body shape is looks like a Ford, but where's the emblem you know the emblem where's where's what it says that it is do you see that the chevy that the the bow tie on a chevy that's iconic the seven slots on a jeep is iconic even the new wagoneers down to the compass they all have seven slots there's you know that's what makes jeep you know the icon the the front end you know when it's coming at you what it is it is the defining uh information or the defining piece of of that type of vehicle and and other vehicles have it too you were just mentioning other vehicles and you see similar uh similar type things but they're they're specific for those uh manufacturers i think now this is uh chris from kentucky I think it would depend on what you have, too, because if I had, like, an old CJ-10, it has 10 slots in front. I wouldn't change that. No, no, of course not. I don't know. CJ-10s are pretty ugly on that. Just saying. Hey, yeah. I'd probably flop it to a CJ, like, you know, five or six. I'd just put it to a a different one. I've seen those slots before, but, you know. I think overall, Jeeps are pretty pretty ugly. Let's, let's Let's be serious about this, but they're so great. That they're, it's like that real ugly uh, dog. It's just been a great dog, and you don't care. If that's part of its charm that it's ugly because it can do so many things. I, I think overall, there's too much hand wringing about what does and doesn't make a Jeep. In the end, does it say Jeep on the grill on the front end of the Jeep? This then it's a Jeep. There's so a ton a of people. There, uh, who gives a crap? It's a Jeep. It says Jeep on the front, doesn't it? There's two. There's a ton of people out there. They're like, oh. You know, they, they hate the Bronco because it's from Ford. Well, guess who built half the original fucking Jeeps? Ford. <laughs> Ford. I mean. But the original Jeeps had nine slats. World War II Jeeps. I mentioned right. that earlier. Yeah, there's nine yeah. slats in the original Jeep grill. But there was a reduction to seven to avoid uh, possible legal ramifications <laughs> with Ford. So, right. now, really, at the end, does it say Jeep on the front or on the back or wherever? It's a Jeep. Not if it's a grumper. what it is meant to do. (laughs) I once once, uh, read on some forums that Jeep decided once they broke apart from Ford to go with seven slats with the CJ because of uh, being in seven continents during war. That's a wives tale, but yeah, Yeah. that's that's a common myth. It's not accurate. They just wanted to avoid legal problems with Ford. There was no Antarctica. Uh, sounds trip. good, though. Is that the Supercroc? Um, this is Greg from Tulsa. I just uh, got on. <laughs> no, there's, super there, there's a name for the past. <laughs> that, well, Tony, oh. sounds, his voice is just like the Supercroc. But, but he would, if it was Supercroc, he would be saying that one sentence for three minutes. <laughs> I think I think part of it, though, is you can look at the specifics and get down into the extreme technicalities of it about you know, original nine down to seven, but since they've been at seven, they've built a history with that front end. They built it and they've kind of kept that same basic shape through uh, outside of the, the YJ, obviously, and the, the square headlight ones. But 
for the most part, the Wrangler style Jeep has kind of kept that same looking front end. So to me, it's I, I don't care about the technicality parts of it. I just like that the the overall history around that that front look. So personally, I would never change it. I mean, in that in that question there. So if someone else wants to change it, well, that that's theirs. I mean, yeah, they, I they can do that. But me personally, it's 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 more about you know when you look at the the CJs that did the the was the trip of Americas or whatever that went down from the tip of South America all the way up to the tip of North America on it. But that was what CJs and yeah, you know that place, yeah they had the the grill that we're kind of accustomed to or whatever it is and and just throughout kind of the the popularity of the TJ and going into my first Jeep ever which was the JK right relatively newer Jeeper um, you know that kind of all builds on itself so i know that there's probably technicalities you could say this or that but to me it's still overall the history of it with that grill that design that's that's something i hope they never lose and something i would never change well let me ask you this what do you guys think about the grill on teslas oh the non-existent grill Yep, the, the non-existent grill because they don't need one because they don't have a radiator to cool the internal combustion engine. So if we go to the full electrification of Jeeps, could we see a day in the future where there is no seven slots? In fact, there are no slots at all. It's just a nice molded piece of uh, plastic that covers the entire front of the nose. Well, they could, but why not go to a, why not go to a molded uh, faux seven slots? It's just a fake pass-through. I bet you that's exactly what they'll do initially, but technically they won't, they won't have to have one at all. And for uh, uh, rising government um, MPGs, it may give them a, a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a mile per gallon if they didn't have those slots in there. So well, uh, they wind up with... Need it anyway. They, you know, they, just, they wind up with uh, nothing on there. Anyway, something to think about. Have some sort of indentation, or it would be, they would be alienating a, a gigantic portion of their customer base. Even the new customer base that really has no freaking clue about Jeep history, they just think they do. Uh, <laughs> they would still be alienating a large portion yes. of their customer base by just going to a smooth front end. Exactly, but they weren't afraid of that when they put uh, the name Cherokee on something that it wasn't either one of the Cherokees looked anything like it. And did the same that's thing when, when they the put the name Renegade on something that's uh, from FCA, a, a little French-made uh, a vehicle that has been uh, had a few parts thrown on it and rebadged. So uh, I, I think they've been doing that all, all along, uh, throwing away these good names. Has anybody seen the new Mustangs, the mocks? I have not. I have not. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I was so thrown off. Weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. You mean that? You I mean, mean the uh, honestly, start, but it was kind of like there. There were other names they could have used for that car, other than the other than like the Mustang badge. Kind of like the Maverick. They used Maverick on the, whenever they could have used Ranchero. They owned the Ranchero name. They could have used that on the new pickup truck instead of using Maverick, but they used Maverick for whatever reason. Oh, that's weird. Uh, putting a, a car name on a truck. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. Yeah. They did the Mach two for the new Mustang Electric, and it's it's a yeah. four door, just like the Tesla Plaid. It's, it's a an SUV, essentially. It's an SUV. It's yeah. Not it's a, a it's a, a crossover electric car that they put the Mustang badge name on. 
I, I don't know what they were thinking. It was same same thing with the Maverick. I actually like the Maverick. I just think they should have called it the freaking Ranchero. Mavericks looked really cool if you uh, set them up with wide tires and uh, do little little modifications to them. Back in the day, they were uh, cool looking little uh, little uh, vehicles. I had a, a Nova. Yeah, I, had a, I had a Nova, and it was I infinitely a, more look, good, looking better looking than the Maverick. But still, the Maverick looked good. I had the uh, Maverick with an LS swap in it. It was nice. Oh, I bet it was. Well, let's jump. Let's see if we can get our last question in for this evening. And uh, uh, Josh Downs, this is going to be right up your alley. I know. What medical supplies do you have in your Jeep? And I should say legal medical supplies. None of this Whatever pudding you're pops or anything. To use the fanciest medical gear on the planet means jack anything if you don't know how to use it. What about having it there for somebody that does? How do you know somebody's going to be there to use it? That's a pretty big gamble that you're taking, and then there's a pretty good possibility somebody's just going to try to use it and then probably use it, it wrong. Do you want that innovator there and someone using it on you without knowing if they not use it? Put a cure and band-aids and hide the high lift. <laughs> just let me die. Should, should you be required by law to have medical supplies if you have a high lift jack on your, <laughs> on your Jeep? <laughs> you need a, a Sam Splint and an ice pack. <laughs> I carry the XL one at Walmart, the large one that they sell. I carry that with me. So I went to a first responder store and bought a, a low, low uh, end of the EMT bag, but my wife's a former emergency room nurse. So when we go wheeling, a lot of times she's the designated nurse for our trip, and she's got full access to bandages and antiseptics and those kind of things. I really, you know, I listen intently when I, when we when Tony, you and Josh and Wendy have talked about the Israeli blood clotting stuff, and I've got a tourniquet that we've. You know, so we have some basics, but my wife's been trained to, to use it, but she's kind of usually the designated nurse on the trip. It's great that you got somebody that knows. But Chip, how many times has she tried to apply a tourniquet for a nosebleed on you? Be honest. She's, she's tried to get it around my neck a few times. <laughs> that was other things. But, but you know, and really, we've only pulled it out a couple of times, and usually it's kids that's taken a tumble. Yeah, yeah. But, Kids are good. We, at that. we had a lady, a one lady broke her leg, but that was we were calling more medical assistance to get her off off the trail after that. But but overall, it's just been scrapes and bruises and scratches. Look, open up the medicine cabinet in your house that you have right now. That's what you need to take with you on the trail. I'll be, I'll be right That's back. Probably what you know how to use. <laughs> Even as a paramedic, I cannot do paramedic things without a medical control. So I cannot just go out in the world and be like, I'm a paramedic and start doing paramedic things without a doctor basically to back me up. I can, I can operate as a, as a bare bones first responder medic person. So I can stop bleeding. I can apply a tourniquet. I can do CPR on you. That's pretty much the extent of what I'm allowed to do by law. Sure. It's yeah, still be way- covered by the whole good the whole Good Samaritan Act. I can't just drop in and start doing advanced medical procedures on you while I'm off duty because I would go to jail pretty quick. Well, I mean, if you're talking about cutting a trach or something like that, but but to to apply a tourniquet or to apply bandages or try to dress... Those are are basic medical... So as as an EMT basic, as an an EMR, an emergency medical responder... You can do those things. 
Right. As a paramedic, I'm allowed to like give you cardiac drugs. I'm allowed to shock you with a with a non AED uh, card, uh, cardioversion device, but I can't just I can't go out and do those things on my own. I have to have some kind of medical control backing me up, so I have to be on duty to do those kinds of things. But to do like some basic stuff, like stop the bleeding splint a broken bone or something along those lines i I can do those things that's that's fairly easy right Right. Uh, but to do like advanced things you got to be very careful because uh, the good the good samaritan law may not cover you if you start doing like really advanced stuff well if something happens on a trail i sincerely hope someone's got more than a pack of band-aids somewhere in their jeep because at that point in the game it's just trying to get the situation under control. We're not worried about lawsuits or not, right? Yeah, the whole. Well, I got to get him off the trail. Stabilize the, get him off the trail. This is why. The this is why it's good to have two sets of ID on you, so you can. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's good so for dating as well. For and that, that's all good. That you're you're thinking as a person that is in in immediate need of medical attention. You don't care what you need. What the person who's getting that medical attention needs to think of is what happens afterwards whenever a lawyer gets a hold of you. I, I know doctors who will not do anything advanced. They will not intervene because there's been more than one example of doctors who have come in and done some like advanced doctor shit and then they get fucking sued on the back end because they did that stuff outside of their actual scope of practice. That's, uh, that's, I'm that's, so, that's so horrible. CPR in Kentucky. And they don't allow you to do CPR on somebody without their permission. Oh, like, God. you literally have to have their permission <laughs> to do CPR on them. Or change their diaper, strangely. Now, there's, Illinois there's is there unconscious. Implied you can't proceed. Implied consent. Yeah, there's, there's implied consent. So if I come up to you and I check your pulse and I check your breathing, you have no pulse and you're not breathing, the, that's implied consent. You're, it's saying that I can do CPR on you. Because you're not able to actively tell me no or yes. Yeah. So on a I different think that's note, so stupid. <laughs> I, had a, I had a question. How many of you guys carry an EpiPen in your first aid kit? Can you afford one? Only if you're no. allergic to something. I saw well, even, I even, a, even an actual too. EMT basic, even an even an actual EMT basic that has uh, that has been authorized to do that kind of stuff. Cannot give you Epi unless you have an actual Epi pin that's been issued to you. Now, as a as a as a uh, paramedic under under medical control under a doctor under the orders of a doctor that I'm that 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 I'm operating on un, uh, you know on duty, I can give you Epi if I think that you're having an actual allergic reaction to something. But as anything lower than that, and of course, and this of course varies from state to state. EMT basic, just, you know, some guy that's went to a month worth of actual medical training. I cannot just draw up Epi and give it to you. I have to be able to be like, oh, this person has an Epi pen. Oh, but I give it to him. Bang, in their thigh. Well, Don't carry Epi to give daughter, to other people. I'll bring, I'll bring my daughter with me on my Jeep trips in because she's a doctor, so she will be covered. Oh, you had to find yeah, a way to work go. that into the conversation. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good <laughs> plug. There we go. That works. I, was just trying, I was just trying to break in a little bit for you. <laughs> she's a psychiatrist? Yeah. 
I'm a psychiatrist. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I'll ask you guys a final question. I know this this last one's supposed to be final, but I'm going to ask another one. So uh, at the uh, the beginning of the show, you heard about our Jeep Talk Show event coming up uh, here on June the fourth. Uh, is uh, is everybody everybody knows where this is? We got people coming. Are you guys coming or not, Larry? You think you're going to make it? You need to polish up that power tank that you just received in the mail and come show it to us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll be there. I think Andrew's got one to polish up. And too. Andrew got one, and the the third giveaway winner uh, also sent me a picture and uh, so, showed so, me. A hold picture. on, hold on, hold on. So John Lee. Larry and Josh are going to be showing off their polished tanks to each other. <laughs> hey, you know what? And bad cigars. <laughs> I can bring my welding shop CO2 tank that I have set up. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We can we can knock the ends off of them and see how far they'll travel under pressure. We're really getting into measuring things, guys, down there? Is that what this is up to? So, June the 4th, uh, and I don't think uh, uh, Charles is here tonight, uh, but uh, Chuck, as everybody else knows him, uh, I don't think he's here with us tonight, but he's planning on coming down with his uh, 18-wheeler and a bunch of Jeeps and all proper Jeeps. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure they all have nine slots on those grills. So th- these will be real Jeeps. And uh, uh, John uh, John L. is going to be uh, barbecuing up uh, some uh, a freshly uh, mutilated cow that uh, Chuck is going to be butchering. So, uh, I mean, Chuck's doing a lot for this event. So if you'd like to come come and hang out with us, Think about coming down and uh, hanging out with us there at uh, Hidden Falls uh, Adventure Park uh, near Mar- Marble Falls, Texas. You still got time to uh, uh, find uh, a place to stay on the property or uh, go camping. Uh, you know, just however you want to do it. I mean, you could actually even stay in Marble Falls if you wanted to. But uh, I think Chuck is going to be there on the Thursday. I'm planning on being there on uh, Friday, probably Friday uh, afternoon, Friday evening. And uh, the the event will be Saturday, June the fourth, and uh, then the travel day back will be uh, Sunday. So, uh, be there Friday night and Saturday night. Hope you guys can make it. Just uh, go to uh, well, I guess really go into the Discord server right now is the best way to get more information about that. All right. Well, this has been the roundtable episode for this week. I certainly appreciate you guys listening to us, and I appreciate even more the uh, the Zoom people that joined us and uh, have, having a really good conversation uh, about all kinds of things Jeep-related and some things not Jeep-related, but that's how it goes, whether you're on the trail or <laughs> in part of uh, part of a show. Anyway, uh, don't forget we're uh, going to be doing our first reoccurring giveaway, and that means Midland's going to be giving away multiple items over the next several months. So you got to be listening. And uh, as we mentioned in the show, if you uh, download the Jeep Talk Show app, it's free. That will be your absolute quickest way to hear the episode and hear the giveaway. Now, I'll tell you a little something. We will be doing the giveaway on this week's Friday episode. But we're not necessarily going to be doing it on every Friday episode. Yeah, you see what we're doing there? We're going to make you listen to all the damn episodes. <laughs> so it may move around. And uh, yes, what you heard is uh, true. We will be giving away a complete set of tires from Nexon, the Nexon Rodian MTXs. They go all the way up to 37 inches. Uh, I know there's some people out there moaning because they don't do 40s and 42s. But I tell you what, after the Jeep Talk Show gets done giving away multiple sets of Nexon Rodian MTX tires, I bet you they'll see the the error of their ways and start making bigger tires. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's all up to uh, you, the consumer. 
anyway uh join us this friday for the first uh multiple giveaway from midland and uh the the, the weeks follow uh following for other sponsored vendors and make sure that you support those vendors and say a thank you and that you heard about them on the jeep talk show as they're making these products uh giveaways available to you so until next week we'll see you uh for the roundtable next week but of course episode this coming friday and then uh episode coming monday and then those are our big interview episodes so you don't want to miss those three times a week monday wednesday and friday you guys have a great night Podcasting since 2010.